Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish, the show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. I'm George Dimorellis and on the show today we have comedian and podcaster David Warnicky. Hello George. How are you doing Dave? Good thanks man, thanks for having me on, how are you? That's alright, I'm pretty good. Hey, and uh, yeah, you, you said hello George there, very uh, like full of meaning because the truth is we are sitting down after just recording your podcast, which is Bookcheat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is uh, if you want to basically, if you want to give a summary of it. Uh, well, I introduced it as the book club podcast where I've read the book, so you don't have to. Mm. Basically, I pick a classic novel, I play you know, Shakespeare, Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, that kind of stuff, and I get uh, usually two guests on, and I tell them all about it, and hopefully by the end of the conversation, both them and the people at home will be able to pretend they've read it. So if it ever comes up at a dinner party, you can bluff your way through it. That's. I mean, I love how like high fancy these dinner parties are that you're imagining people go to in I mean, Melbourne. I, I've got a very high, uh, very high clientele. Yeah, I was going to say it's like yeah, very much talking about the latest uh, top yeah, yes. ten literary masterpieces. Oh yes, of all tell time. me, tell me more about the Tale of Two Cities. Yes, yes. Oh yes. Oh, very good. Ah, love the Tale of Two Cities just quietly. Oh, very good. Yeah, I, 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 So the whole reason I started the podcast was uh, every year for about four or five years running, the news resolution was this year I'm going to read more. It never happened. But then I said to myself, if I come up with a podcast that I, I say I put out episodes every couple of weeks, that way, I, and I tell people about it, I have to keep to that. So it forces me to read. So I've basically backed myself into a corner. So what? So you didn't actually read that regularly before the podcast? No. So I read a lot as like a, a young teen mm-hmm. and then sort of middle of high school, I dropped off. I did a bit of uni, a bit more reading uni again because I had to. What were you studying at uni? I did uh, drama and media stuff, but then I also took a couple of English classes. And so for that, you had to read the books, and I made myself yeah, do that. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> well, <but> a lot <laughs> of people still don't. I, I, honestly, why, that's why we've created the podcast. I know, I have people emailing Bookcheat a lot saying, thank you so much, I just wrote a report on that. Someone even told me that they, they're a teacher, and uh, maybe it was The Great Gatsby, it was a story like that, where they're like, I taught the entire class based on your summarization. <laughs> Wow, the fact that it's a Great Gatsby. Like, <laughs> I think it was something. It was something. It was like yeah, one of the big like ones. That. Yeah, um, and then yeah, this has forced me to read. Sometimes it's right down to the wire. I'm reading on the day of the pod. That's yeah, it's intense. Get because I also have to summarize it as well. So do you pick the book uh, like you've got? So we just we just literally we're in the studio. We just recorded our one, which is the day of the locust. So if you want to hear all the fun that we had there. Yeah, with that cl- a classic tale of Hollywood gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun. So if anyone wants to listen to that, you can jump on, uh, over at Bookcheat and check it out. Yeah, so basically, usually I get the people suggest books that I do. That actually one, that one wasn't. I was just interested in it. As I said on the episode, I was going on, on holiday to America and I was like, what's the story set in this town? Because I, I figured that you'd get more out of it if you're reading it whilst you're in the city 
Yeah. I try to do that. I don't do it as much as I should. The one time that stands out for me is uh, when I was in Russia. I was learning all about Stalin and stuff like that, which is only one moment of Russian history, but yeah. So we, we get a lot out of it, right? Yeah. Well, it means you're going to get the vibe of the place. Well, here's one nerdy thing I do. Uh, I'll try to at least at least do a Wikipedia look of... Because when I was doing my... I did the cliche backpacking thing for seven months going everywhere. So I'd always have a city I get into. I'd be like, all right. Let's at least check the Wikipedia entry. Like, just to get a frame of work of what, where I am. So I got some measure of the history or something of the. And it's more of a skim. It's about. I'm staying in yeah, hostels. So there's not much yeah, time. Yeah, but it's still a, probably more than 80% of other people do. So you get more out of it, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, it just gives you the context of uh, everywhere you're looking at. Like, that's kind of. Like you said, when you were doing the Hollywood thing, it gives you a vibe. Yeah, you get the vibe of it. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I do find that interesting, though. You. So you did. So you just didn't read for ages, and then you did this to put. Yeah, the- because I I don't know how you feel about this. There's classics that I'm like, oh, I, I'd love to read that. I'd love to read Madame Bovary. Like I love the idea of reading it, but then I just wouldn't read it. Yeah. But now with this show, I'm going to read it. I have to read it. Like A Tale of Two Cities. It had been always on my list of something to read, and when I read it, I really enjoyed it. But if I didn't have this, I probably because I got you know I'm busy with other stuff. But this becomes part of the stuff. Yeah, it becomes actually a requirement because it's part of what you're doing. It's why I do comedy. <laughs> right? Yeah, it becomes a thing and it's fun. And then um, my girlfriend says that I monetize every hobby I have. There you go. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, if it works there, if it's going to get you fed, then you're definitely going to be doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and I just find it interesting because, yeah, you've, you've actually managed to f- find a way. Because considering the show is book cheat, like as in it's very book focused and analyzing it in that sense, it surprised me that you just weren't an avid reader already, I guess. I kind of assumed that you uh, would be. I feel like I've been lied to now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying. No, it's because well, you'd be bringing a different perspective to it as well. Yeah, so I'm, like. I'm representing the people at home that also would like to read Madame Bovary but just don't have the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the next book after the after Dave Locust? Uh, I've never read To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, you've, you've, you've skipped some valuable yeah. books to read in... School. Yeah, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving that. Um, what else is on the list? This year, I'd love to read uh, an, a book th- by the author we're about to talk about today. I really want to read uh, The Grapes of Wrath for this year. I really want to read 100 Years of Solitude this year, To Kill a Mockingbird. They're th- and I've never read Pride and Prejudice. And I'm going to do all four of those this year. You got to lift your game, bro. That's Pride and Prejudice. Well, that's, that's the whole. That's the whole reason I'm doing the pod is so I can, so I make myself do that. So you've you've enjoyed Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a classic comedy of manners sort of. Yeah, book. I've done uh, Persuasion, another Jane Austen on this show before, but I'd never read any of that before. But yeah, but other stuff. You know, I, I hadn't read uh, The Catcher in the Rye, Wuthering Heights, uh, a bunch of Shakespeare's. I mean. To be honest, a lot of the plays I do, because I was a drama student, I have done before. You know it, So yeah, I've read yeah. all the Chekhovs and all the, the famous ones. But, uh, but even even with that, there's stuff that I haven't read before, which I'm enjoying. It's good because it's forcing you to do that, yeah. I can, I, can, I can definitely see the appeal. If if you And like I actually rate that as a life thing. You found a way to force yourself to do the thing. Right, yeah, and then you know about it. And like just because you just understand so much more about like pop culture and there's just references everywhere to it. Mm. And you go, huh. It's satisfying when you get it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I did, that's the thing. I yes. get that. Yeah, that's yes. the there. Okay, that's interesting. So, have you? Um, I guess because we're unpacking this in the show, uh, is do you do that with other things? In terms of, in terms of, I want to do this thing. So it's almost like because what I'm writing there is you're you're fa- finding an external motivation for something that you want to do, kind of. And is <laughs> is books this one thing that you've done it for? No, I feel like a lot of the things that I've done in comedy, I've signed up to do. 
just to make myself do it. Okay. So once you've signed up to it. So I've done a lot of shows at comedy festivals around the country. I used to do a, a quiz show called Facty Fact for many years. And I did it at so many festivals. And it only started because I was like, oh, I'd like to do a quiz show. So I signed up to to do it. And then I had to do it. And then I just did a one night off. And it was really fun. And then I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to sign up to do it in Adelaide at the Fringe Festival. I'd never been to Adelaide before. It was like 19 or 20 or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll go there. And just when you have these dates approaching... Like it just makes you right, sort of put your money where your mouth is type thing and just go. Deadline. All right. Yeah. And when you're, when you're young and confident, you just try anything. Unlike now when you're old and broken. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sometimes I do look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like uh, I did an hour at the comedy festival after doing like only 10 gigs or something before. Did like a full hour of stand up because I was 19 years old and I had no idea that that's not what people do. But I just did it. I signed yeah. up to it and I rented out a, a room at a pub and like just my only my friends came, but it was really fun. And then I've continued on and that was like, yeah, 10 years ago this year. Really? Yeah. And I've done every Melbourne Comedy Festival since. It's just like a thing that becomes, just keeps coming around, keeps coming around. I see. Yeah. And you and you are every comedy festival. No. So I've stopped doing uh, as much stand up as I did. So the first six years, I think, was sort of hours and stuff like that. But then I started finding out that my real passion is like other shows, like quiz shows, or I did a blind dating show. I did a show where we broke broke made-up world records. So silly late-night variety style stuff. And I realized that I love that a lot more. And then since I've started my main – so Book Sheet is a spin-off of Do Go On, our other podcast that I do with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. And then that's really taken off over the last few years, and we've done the last four comedy festivals with that, I think it is now. It's supposed to be – was it supposed to be the fifth one this year when Saudi was all cancelled? Yeah, and then I love performing. I love performing like in a team, in a group. Not like improv style stuff, but um, like a quiz show or when we did the podcast. Like we've done lots of tours together. And like I just, when I, I'm we on stage. bounce off other yeah, people. Yeah, other people. When I'm on stage with those other people, I'm like, I just feel great and have a really fun time. You just prefer that more so than the, uh, the drain and the grind of trying to put together an Yeah, solo stand up. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting though because you're saying ten years now, so which is a solid amount of time. But that's usually what people say is the roughly the length of time to kind of start finding your yeah, sure. Like yeah, that's what they say with comedy, right? It's like ten before you start figuring out your own space in it, I guess. And so you're pretty happy with where that's at now, like as in taking on that position. So doing the podcast and going and yes, I love doing the podcast so much and the stuff that that's opened up for us. Yeah, I really really like that. All right, yeah. so it's opened up a few things for you. Yeah, so we've just been able to go overseas three times to do it. Oh and wow. Like, Go to most of the cities in Australia, and it's just uh, I don't know. Just and we've just done a web series, just like these things that in that time. It's been nearly five years now. We haven't missed a week. We just keep comes out every week, and it's just like it's so fun to do it with like two of your best pals, and then so that that one's a history comedy podcast where we pick a topic. So I'm a freaking nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we pick a topic and take it in turns to re- research the topic and report back to the others about it. Of any topic of anything. Yeah, so it could be the Hindenburg, it could be the life of Marilyn Monroe, it could be Jack the Ripper, it could be absolutely anything. You, you just pick it. The, the most recent report I did was uh, the abduction of Shin Sung Ok and um, Choi Yun Hee, North uh, South Korean director and his ex-wife and actress who was kidnapped by Kim Jong-un in the late 70s and uh, made to make films for the North Korean regime. Just find stories like that and yeah, you yeah. bring it back and it's really... Oh, nice. It's yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, that's cool. So that's uh, gotten bigger now, just recently. Um, over the last few few years, so there's been a steady growth. A good slow growth. Thing. Yeah, okay, right, right. And then now we can do other. So we've 
started a bunch of other spin-off shows like Book Cheat and stuff like that just because Oh, you've got you've got the like audience, you've got the interest yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Uh what and is that kind of do you work outside of this stuff? Yes, I also work full time uh at the project on Channel Ten. Oh nice. What are you doing there? So I'm a comedy producer and editor there. Nice. Yeah, so it's fun. So I have I keep a full schedule. It sounds like it. I was going to say. That's yeah. why sometimes I'm reading the books or the plays on the day of the episode. I'm like smashing through it. I could imagine. Act four of Shakespeare. I'm like, come on, let's keep, let's get this going. <laughs> All right. So you, uh, so with the project, you're not actually one of the, you're not writing, you're producing. What does that exactly entail? Uh, right. So every night we have a comedian who's one of the panelists on the show and it's my job to come up with the material that's topical, but also funny for them, sort of. Stuff that's happening in the news cycle, mm. usually video based, right? To just riff off, yeah. And like you know, we come into we have a pitch meeting every day. We it's myself and another guy, and we have like eight ideas each or whatever, and then we hope that three or four get picked, and then we go great, and I go away. And if there's graphics have to be made up, I sort of sort those out. We have to get some music to make a sting or something like that. Make that, and then I edit it all together, get it ready for rehearsal, and hopefully the host is like, yeah, that's still funny. <laughs> or, or, no, that's not what I was imagining. That's mad. That's a, that sounds like a lot of fun and very uh, related to... You managed to really carve out a space for yourself in the... Yeah, which is fun. World, yeah, right? yeah. That's, that's cool. How long have you had the project job for? A bit over four years. Nice. Okay, so you're very well established there, basically. Yeah, it's a great team. I love the people there. And it's just... Yeah, it's a fun day job. Yeah. That's, a, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, when you started when you were 19, 20... You say when you did your first comedy thing. Yes. Is that what you wanted to do? Like being comedy, being performing, being this world, I guess? Yeah. So I started studying so I was studying drama and media stuff at the time and I wasn't sure which way it would go. Like because mm. basically I did an arts degree like a lot of people do because it's fun. A lot of fun. And I had a great time. And you get to ra- learn random stuff. And especially doing the drama stuff. That mm. was really – because, you know, you're just putting on plays and like hanging out with people a lot. Because I, fi- I had a lot of other friends that went to uni and they're doing like, I don't know, like commerce or science and other things. And I f- I'd, I'd hear from them that they'd go and do the tutes or whatever, go to the lecture and then they'd go home because there's not too much collaboration unless you're working on a, a group project. Yeah. Often I was told that people were like keeping to themselves or whatever and that, you know, they were still really friendly with their high school people. But I went to uni because we're doing drama. You're in there. Yeah, you're all hanging out. You're dressing up like dogs and like, you know, doing like weird, rolling on the floor like a worm, doing super weird stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, you, you just meet people and then you put on a play together. It's just, oh, it was, it's a huge bonding experience. Yeah, it's just it's a amazing. great bond, a great way to meet people. So that's what was my best takeaway. Like I haven't, I'm not a professional actor or anything like that. But You haven't done any acting or anything like that? Uh, very occasionally I've had like two lines on a comedy show on the ABC or something. But Because of friends of yours and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. I didn't get it because I'm an actor. I got that because I know, because I did comedy, which is so, yeah. it's really, really funny. And like that's the same thing with the project. I studied media, right? And then after, I even, I went back and I did a master's in communication. Because basically, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so yeah. I just went back. I'm studying a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. St- studied a bit more, and then I left uni, and I was like, "All right, well, I've got to get a media job, I've got to get a comms job now." And I couldn't get a gig, and I was like, "Well, all right." So I stopped doing that, and I started writing uh, trivia questions as my job. And okay, then yeah, one of those tri- week weekly trivia things. Weekly trivia, and then I also wrote a bit for the, the Channel Seven show, The Chase. Which, which oh, is nice. it's really hard to write questions for because they have a database of so many questions and you can't write stuff that's already been written, right? And you think you can come up with an original idea, but everything's been done. 
You would think so. Yeah, yeah. So that was difficult. But then I got the the media job through my comedy connections. Hmm. So it turned out I didn't even really need to have studied. Like they were happy when I like I had an interview and I'd studied media, so I knew a bit about the industry. But I it wasn't relevant. It wasn't really the reason I got picked to be a comedy producer on the project. It's because I knew comedy people. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, the networking side of yeah, things down. Yeah, so I ended up getting a media job, not because I studied media, but you know, just works out. <laughs> yeah, I know that does that works out <laughs> perfect. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. All right, uh, before we go into the book, one last thing I've got to ask. Yes. Uh, what's the funnest fact you know? If you've done so many facts and so many questions, so much research, surely you have handy in your head one or two of the funnest facts. You, <sighs> if you had to pick, like, if you never thought about this. <laughs> Well, I know, I know questions. But the question is, okay, what's the most fun question and answer? Well, the, the, I love this question, which is there's only one country in the world that can, one country with a, a single name. So not something like uh, the Commonwealth of Australia, but like Australia, for example. Mm-hmm. There's only one country with a one word name that has every single vowel in it. And I love that because you ask that question and people spend an hour trying to work out the country. You go through... All 180, whatever, 196 countries going, oh, what is it going to be? What's it going to be? And I love that question. So that's my favorite question. What's your favorite question? And it is Mozambique. You could have given me a chance to try <laughs> to find it. I was about to say we should put that into the other <laughs> podcast for people to go find. <laughs> yeah. But Mozambique, okay, right. That's a fun one. That's a, that's wholesome. Love, love it. Yeah, that's my favorite well, question. That's, yeah. You don't have any fun? I was really excited. I thought you'd have some crazy fun fact. You like, I, I, you want to hear one I've got? Please. Ah. Love this fun fact. Uh, Russia is bigger than Pluto. Wow, there you go. That is fun. How fun is that fact? That is a fun fact. Very fun fact. I'm probably saying fun fact too many times. Love a fun fact. I know, Russia's bigger than Pluto. Can you believe that? By measuring land size. Yeah. Which is amazing they can even see Pluto. I know. So so far away. But that's also why it's not a planet anymore. Um, <laughs> but is Russia a planet now? In its own head. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. We'll go back to a lot of this stuff, I think, as we go. But let's uh, start off now. You've Your book of choice for today is? Uh, it is John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. I love that you've, you've brought the book in. I've got the, the I'm the holding system. it because I heard on some other episodes of yours that people had brought the, the copy in. And I was like, well, I've got it. I do love people bringing it in. That looks yellow. That looks like you've had it for a while. Yeah, it really. Is. So I've got the uh, Penguin classic version of it. And it really has uh, faded quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. Yuck. It's, it's yuck. <laughs> Did you say yuck? Yeah, yuck. No, it's a classic of like secondhand book stuff and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You give it off the vibe of someone who kind of doesn't really like books. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love a book. Oh, I yuck. just don't like a, a yellowed front. That's, it's because I've ripped a sticker off. That's why. <laughs> it's it looks like... Someone's been smoking with, near it. Yeah, that's, that's all part of the coolness of it. It's been sitting in some dusty secondhand bookstore, some angry cantankerous yes. cigarette smokers sitting there watching it. But uh, so you've chosen this book, oh, it's John Steinbeck of Mice and Men, right? Which and you have you didn't read this in school? No, I read this for the podcast. This is one that I wanted to read. Yeah, just because you were like, I find this interesting, whatever. It's just yeah, you, 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 I'm getting very fascinated. What are you fascinated you, by? Have you studied you, psychology? Is that your background? No, no, I haven't studied psychology. But it's just listening like, to the pod, it does sound like you have this fascination with humans. Well, it, it, like as in, well, I think everyone does. Firstly, have a fascination with humans, <laughs> don't they? Like, yeah, sure, but not everyone has a podcast where they interview people and uh, try and work them out. Try to work them out. Oh, yeah. I guess. Look, that's that's a good my my fun sort of <laughs> that's angle. Right. Yeah, you yeah. monetize your hobby of uh, talking to people. Yeah, and, and uh, trying to psychologically break yeah, them down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> it does feel a bit, fu- bit funny. I don't love talking about myself that much, as mu- as surprising as that may sound. No, I can, uh, I can understand that. Going into depth about it, I mean, you've, uh, if I wanted to go into that, <laughs> I mean, that suggests you just like you like hanging and banter and play rather than digging down yeah, too being, deeply into yeah, being the real me. Yeah, yeah. The, the stuff I do, there's always a subject that you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I make. Uh, you know, some weird battle from World War Two. That's the topic. And we make that fun and we talk about of mice and men, but like never really me. That's what's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like uh, even the way you analyze, uh, but this is what I'm saying with your book cheat and the fact that you read this now is like, why do you like books? Why do I like them? Yeah. I like stories, mm-hmm. I think. I like knowing stuff. And I also just love that, um, yeah, the fact that popular culture is just a web of references to each other. And I love getting the reference. That's got to be one of the <laughs> strangest reasons. Yeah, I love to that's like what, reading a book. That's why I mean? well that's why I like reading classic books. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get the reference because I love like well that's the thing I love trivia. I love things like that knowing things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like I love when we pick a a topic for do go on. I love the research part. I love mm. diving into it and learning about it. Yeah. I like knowing stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because you, you're you're embodying certain traits that I myself would say I have, but uh, to almost a level which I yeah, because it sounds like the love of the art of it is almost secondary to cramming the info into your brain, <laughs> like sculling on that sweet, sweet references and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know no, I mean? I, yeah, but I, I obviously I also enjoy the part where it takes you to another world and you relate to characters and you feel happy, you feel sad, you feel inspired. I love that as well. I do love that. <laughs> I mean, it just feels very tacked on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that just felt that just feels so. That's such a given, isn't that why anyone would like to read? Uh, yeah, but it's like, I, let me put it this way. If you asked anyone why they like books, reading, yeah. I don't think anyone would ever give the answer that you just gave before. Well, I'm happy actually. to be different. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, <laughs> what, it's, why it's so fascinating. That's why I'm finding this thing, whole thing so yeah. interesting. Because like I said, when I, when I asked you, if you what was your favorite book was, the way you responded to me, I was just like, this is a very strange response. Because again, I, I didn't know your background in terms of your reading, uh, what book cheat was. I assumed that you were some huge, avid book reader um, so that's why I was a bit confused, I think. So when I brought of up Of Master Men, were you a bit like, that's a bit hack? Not hack, but it's more like, you're just like, oh, I really like this book that I had on the show. And I'm like, what? don't you have a favorite book? But you're like, but it's because that's what you're reading books because of the show. So that makes more yes, sense. Yes, and now. that's like, and like I've read, 90% of the books I've read as an adult have been on this show. That Yeah, yeah. Say, probably 40, 45 books or whatever it is. Yeah. How long has the show been going for? About 18 months. All right. Closing, all right. No, in a few months, it'll be a couple of years. So, yeah, just shy of two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, so just, it's, it, it's actually fascinating because you're like really, I can do the exact same thing where I'm trying to get like systematize something because I want to be doing it, but I'm not actually like, yeah, it's, it's treating it differently to how I think a lot of people would treat something like, you know, getting into stories or enjoying the feelings they get from it and stuff like that. Yeah. A few, that stuff. It, yeah, again, I'm just trying to, and you can you can go against me or not on this, but basically, it almost sounds like a less emotionally based analysis of this stuff in general. Well, you say, yes, I can see how what I've just said comes across as that. But the reason I've picked of Master Man out of the forty books that I've read mm-hmm. for this show, for my show, Book Cheat, and out of anything I've ever read, this is the one that made me feel the most. Yeah, yeah, I lo- I, I felt for the characters. I found it very very sad. 
I basically had tears in my eyes as I was finishing this book, and it stayed with me a lot. So I do have an emotional connection to this book. Yeah, for I sure. I was saying you don't at all. No, 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 but I can understand how it sounds that I'm just like a robot that's like, I need to know what this book yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. But this one, that, and that's, and that is, it's surprising because then you, the one that you love the most is the one that you felt the most from, you know what I mean? Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think this is just a great story and it hooked me in and the fact that I'm holding it now, it's so short. It's only 119 pages. It's so short. And the fact that it's just like self-contained. It's such a simple, small, but powerful story. Yeah. What's uh, What are their names? Len- uh, Lenny and George. Yeah, Lenny and George. That's right. I th- Big George, right? No, Big George Lenny. Is, no, Big Lenny and then George. Sorry, it's Lenny Smalls, an Lenny's- ironic name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read that. I, I haven't read it since, but I read it in school. Um, and then we watched the movie of it as well, the classic John Malkovich. And, oh, yes. Um, I actually haven't seen it because... Do you find this one, once you've seen the movie, when if you read it again, you would imagine the movie rather than your own imagination? Uh, like to a degree, yeah. I think it, it always is going to impact on how you take the info. But then I think, I don't know. Because I can think of, yeah, like Harry Potter or something like that is the one that springs to mind. That totally ruined Harry Potter for me, the movies. Yeah, I think like it, it can't help but have an impact. Because they started coming out and I'd read, you know, however many had come out or whatever, like six Five, no, maybe five, and then from then on, if I picked up a book, I would imagine Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint. But I, before that, I had my own imagination, yeah, yeah. where I knew what they looked like to me. Yeah, it's where they took, they completely took it over. But yeah, it took it over, and it, to to the point where I now can't even really remember what I was imagining. Yeah, well, I think your memory when you're reading is like it's more vague, composite rather than a very detailed picture. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's only ever strange when it's like sharply different to what you're imagining. I think. Yes, but the, then. It goes from that vague thing where we almost have a sense of a person rather than imagining a photograph of mm. them. But suddenly it is a photograph because I've seen Daniel Radcliffe in a million yeah. different poses. And <laughs> I don't awkward ones, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But do you, does that and does that make any sense? So it sort of takes away the magic. Yeah, it does. Like of the in, feeling that you have of a well, character. exactly, and and even then, the just because you've got a picture still has a feeling in it. It could be just a bit different to what you were thinking. Yes. So the vibe's actually still a bit different to what you Yeah, imagined. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then if you watch the thing first, it's always going to then impact how you then take mm, in the characters. Yep. Especially if it's like relatively close in terms of the story, so they're not like wildly different. But in terms of, of Weiss and Man, to go back to that for a sec, because <laughs> we usually go on wild tangents straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are half an hour in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should probably do a quick summary of the story. It's not complicated basically two farmhands you want to call them that's that? right californian farmhands at the end of uh the great depression mm-hmm. and they just rock up to a farm and yeah they're sort of like they're ranch workers and they are casual they travel from uh, town to town and george and lenny uh rock up at this farm together and yeah it's kind of the whole story like in what happens at that farm yeah right? it's yeah. all that yeah it's and basically getting there what happens and then it finishes yeah and as you said, it's it, it's a tragedy. So yeah, and then I cry. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what, okay. So we're gonna have to look into that because I. It's funny what gets different people's reaction. I think this one's a super classic for the power of that moment of like, the, I think the combination of the friendship and the helplessness and the innocence. Yes, and the fact that it's we we are talking about the end. We How can, much do you spoil on the show? We can spoil. We can okay, spoil great. Yeah, I, that's usually what I say. And it's of mice and men. But yes, if anyone wants to know the end, you just stop now and go read it. But otherwise, how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. George ends up shooting Lenny in the back of the head. Yes, and it's such a beautiful... It's so, it's, isn't that so weird? He murders his friend by pulling a gun to the back of his head, basically to save him the indignity of being murdered by other people in a more horrible way. Yeah. To be and brutally it's tortured. Su- and, yeah, yeah, it's such a beautiful moment. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the killing of a man. That's why I felt, I was like, I can't believe how beautiful, like, the, touching this moment is. He's just killed a man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, is it because the, George has no idea. And he, I mean, Lenny has no idea. Yep. And he, because the reason he is getting chased to be murdered is because he accidentally killed a woman earlier. Yes, that that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did it by accident because he was so big and strong. Big and strong. He doesn't know his own strength and, yeah, basically panicked and accidentally killed a lady. Yeah. It's super beautiful. And it's one of those ones that hits you. And like, I think there's something about the innocence. I don't know. It's just, it makes you feel things. It's almost like a child's point of view. So if for some reason, it lets your defenses down a little bit. Is there other books that spring to mind when you think of like the most emotional thing you felt? Uh, the other one that I had on the shortlist for f- favourite for you is my favourite play, which is Long Day's Journey into Night, which is by American writer Eugene O'Neill. And that was a basically autobiographical. And he wrote it, then died. And he said, basically said, I don't ever want this to be published. But then it was published after he died and it won like the Pulitzer Prize and all these. And it's an absolute classic of mm. American theatre. It's always up there with Death of a Salesman and a raisin in the sun and things like that. And I absolutely love it. And it's just about this family, uh, the Tyrone family. And it just ends with this monologue from from the mum. And I also had tears in my eyes in that when I read that. That's a very different reason, though, uh, that that monologue happens with that mum. Because isn't that just the whole family's... It's just the night of their life and it's just them drug addicts. Yeah, it's one, one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's sort of basically having a, a morphine-induced vision. And I just... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very... Yeah, just the tragedy of the life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it also... I guess that's also innocence is gone. Like, she's talking about how... She's having a monologue about how when she was young, she was... And she says, uh, uh, when I married James Tyrone, who's her husband, I was happy for a time. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That's beautiful. And also tragic. That's so... I mean, don't get me wrong. This is tragic. Of Mastermind, it's tragic. But that is just a beautiful memory. He kills him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just it's just very clean and simple and beautiful. Yeah, and the decisions made by one person having to. Yeah, it back. it's yeah. It's a, look. If you pick two very uh, rather different ones in a lot of ways, actually. Funny yeah, enough. but I think what I love about those these two moments, which actually is slightly different of Mice and Men, is because so in uh, Long Day's Journey Tonight, she says this monologue, and you're like, "Oof, the curtain falls," hmm. and you're left in that moment. In of Mice and Men, it's almost like that. So he shoots Lenny in the back of the head. Then the other men who were going to kill Lenny rock up and he has to say to them, oh, he has to bluff and say, I killed him in self-defense, basically. He doesn't admit, except for there's one other rancher there, Slim, who understands. And then it ends with one of the other guys saying, oh, 
wonder what they're what they're talking about. And that sort of so it almost has that moment of he kills him and then there's but there's still a little bit more. But what yeah. I love about the Eugene O'Neill moment is that it finishes and you go, Whoa, that's it. It just bang. Like no it more. leaves you on that last Yeah, yeah. And I love things like that. I do like that. The what the dramatic close. Yeah. Just where it's just like and think about that. And they put it there. Yeah. <laughs> and then just curtains down and that's yeah. the closing. Yeah, because you're a theatre kid, I guess, a little bit. But not really, because you didn't do much acting after theatre. No. So you weren't really But I'm a big do. fan of, of theatre, yeah. You are. So you go and check it out all the time and stuff? Well, when you can. <laughs> <laughs> Corona. When it's yeah, not yeah, cancelled. Yeah. Oh, but outside of that, you actually do go... I go uh, a, a bit, yeah. Really? Do, we, do you do that, like, did you do it in, like, school or with your family and stuff? Um, I definitely did it at uni, you know, with your friends when you want to be a big drama person you go and see a lot of stuff and then yeah i've, I've always in that's one thing i i stopped reading novels but i have always enjoyed reading plays a lot okay that's an interesting uh i d- didn't think there'd be that many people who don't act who've stopped reading books and are still just reading yeah. plays you're occupying a very interesting space <laughs> that i am finding very hard to <laughs> figure out um so but you weren't you weren't that into it in school so you're saying into, in high school uh going to theater going to plays doing anything like that Oh, I mean, I always loved the drama classes at school. Mm-hmm. Lived for that. That was really, really fun. But no, I wouldn't go and see that much stuff. No. Right. And then uh, did you, you went to school here in Melbourne? Yep. All right. But then you left and when you went to uni, you kind of developed more friendships there and that's actually been your more stable friendship group since? Uh, and I've still got a few, a couple of especially good friends from, from school. And then, and then I've got. Yeah, friends that I made through comedy and friends that I made through uni, yeah. And then now people I've friends with from work. Yeah. It is a mix. You got a mix for her, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a mix, yeah. Yeah. And you're uh you love like the networking side of things, hanging out with people and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because you 'cause you're saying how you were doing the comedy, which is very much a solo one man thing when you're doing your own thing. Yeah. But you've actually veered away from that. Cause you love hanging out. Yeah, I love hanging out. Yeah, I love it. I love comedy way more with more More people involved. More people, yeah. Yeah, less, off them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you, uh, in terms of your own stuff, I guess, what's a representation of you? Like of your own perspective, your own input, your own ideas, I guess. And again, you don't have to. I'm just kind of fishing around for stuff. Uh, I definitely want to do stand-up, but it was always very autobiographical stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Story-based autobiographical things, yeah. yeah. But since then, not so much. It hasn't been the focus. Not so much. Yeah, no, I like bouncing off topics, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, bouncing off topics and ideas. That it's not you. <laughs> yeah, it's because I like because I find other stuff in, interesting, and then I feel like that way it's interesting. I feel like I make stuff that I hope that I would like to see. Yeah, and you prefer the stuff which is more like stuff that relates to these stories. Yeah, like moments in history or moments of whatever, and it's kind of what you're vibing off, and you like bouncing off other people in terms of conversation. Yeah, that's that social aspect. But in terms of like, I don't know, the deep dive, the deep dive into because that's. And again, this is why I'm kind of looking at it from the literature perspective. Yeah. The deep dive into the human soul, the human psyche and all that stuff. And that's just not really, apart from in an analysis of like a fun part of history that you'd be bouncing off with friends, that side of things doesn't really interest you as much. Well, no, I think, but history is all about people though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I like hearing and learning about other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, I try and base my work, wanky term around stuff that I just find interesting. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I don't find myself that interesting. Like, there's a lot of fantastic comedians that like, you know, have these amazing shows at 60 Minutes 
and like it's about a story from from their own life and like there's a thing at the 10 minute mark and at the end it all comes back and they're tied together and you go holy shit what a fantastic piece of theater that was amazing really made me feel and made me laugh a lot but yeah i don't really do that it's just not my thing but like i still appreciate when other people do it yeah yeah it's like all sorts of stuff you know like i don't do that but i because i can't do that and that's possibly more impressive when you see someone do something that you think how the hell did you do that yeah yeah especially yeah. with like the kind of uh i think a lot of them have because i've I, I my upbringing is like yeah it's not that not as exciting as some other people's you hear them do shows and you're like yeah right and you go whoa i really should shut up and let people like you talk more yeah because <laughs> it's like they haven't such an interesting take yeah unlike well you feel like you can't you can add an interesting take too though but not yeah, as much. But, but I think I feel like I just enjoy, guess, my take on other, st- you know, historic events and things like that. Yeah, know? yeah. Just kind of having, playing off that stuff. Yeah, right. but I also love coming up with like little concepts on mini games and stuff like that, which is why I love doing my quiz show, Facty Fact. You come up with like a round about something. I love, yeah, little ideas and segments. I love coming up with segments. Something which is going to just bounce and yeah, which is, yeah. have an energy to it. And, and then seeing it come to life and you go, oh, that was really fun. Like, you know, I asked a question and then you had two teams and they're bouncing off and you're putting input in. Like, yeah. I like, I love hosting things. Because I guess it's, it's a different element there because you're kind of calibrating how to get it all to work well, but there's still an element of improv in it. But there yeah, is I love that because, yeah, you've, you've got the structure of like, you know, a, a quiz or something, but then... It is absolutely improvised. Like, mm. you know, you could ask the same question every night. And it does change. And, like, you know, you'd be bouncing off other funny people. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I know. I've Because uh, I, do, I do love the bouncing off other people. Like, it, there's a fun, there's a freedom to it in a weird way. Uh, growing up, you had, uh, you got any brothers and sisters? Uh, one older sister, three one, years older. Three years older? Just you two? Yep. And then the parents, you grew up, an exciting kind of... No, yeah, pretty... Uh, Pretty lovely family, to be honest. Yep. Mum's a librarian. Dad's a primary school teacher. Your mum's a librarian? Yeah, children's librarian, yeah. And you still didn't get into the books? Well, when I was young, I was definitely into it. So, all of primary school, I would have read like an above average for my class. Smashed through all sorts of books. And I guess that is because my mum is a children's librarian, always suggesting things. And then I just, I just got to high school and, you know, I started playing. Oh, this is something you might be interested in. I started playing in bands. And yeah. that was my big thing for about all for all of high school. Is I wanted to be in a band, and I did. I wasn't a band, but I mean, I wanted to professionally be in a band. Mm-hmm. And I had, had, you know, I was in maybe ten different bands over the next sort of six or seven years, maybe eight years. Played bass guitar, had mixed success, but then the comedy came a knocking, and I went with that instead. Left the music behind. All right, so it was. It wasn't like uh, you stopped doing that kind of. It was just these opportunities came in which seemed bigger to you? It was more like comedy just seemed to make more sense. So I always had this thing. When I was on stage in a band, I found a, a bit wanky and I found it a bit hard at times that you have to be quite serious a lot, especially if you're in a, in a rock band, indie rock band, that sort of stuff. You can't be up there like cracking gags or mucking around, that sort of thing. And I don't know, maybe there, there are more sort of larrikin style bands that are bigger these days. But at the time, it just felt a bit like, you know, I'm the bass player, which was great fun. And I loved all the, the hanging. Again, it's a team thing. You know, you hang out with your mates on the weekend, you write these songs together, and then you do these gigs and like, you know, going on small tours and stuff. It's really, really fun. But then when you're on stage, it is a bit like, right, you got a bit of an image, you got to be... And I found that a bit hard. But then when I, I sometimes did, would do solo gigs, where it was just me playing some shitty songs I'd written... But then what would get a better reaction was in between the songs, I would not do stand-up because nothing was 
written. It was banter. It was just banter with the crowd, and that just seemed to get a way better reaction than the songs. And then I did that for a while, and the the banter just got bigger and bigger, and the songs became less and less important. And then I I thought to myself, maybe I should try comedy. And then I was doing both for a while, comedy and music. But then I chose comedy because at the time I was in a pretty good band, and they were very, very talented. But I didn't feel like it was my band. Like, I was the bass player in the band, and that was fun. But I didn't write the songs. I just felt like that I was almost like a session musician. But when I did comedy, even if it wasn't as successful as the band at the time, that was my thing. Yeah. So I got to do that. And then that's sort of how it, I left the music behind and have continued on, yeah. Right, so you felt like you had more of an expression of yourself going on. Yeah, it was more, way more expression, yeah, yeah. totally. And kind of uh, got to be a bit more in charge of it and stuff, feel responsible yeah, it was, for Yeah, it. responsible for either the success or the failure. Yeah, yeah. Do you like, uh, I guess, just to ask, do you like that feeling of controlling that sort of stuff, being being more in charge of it, being responsible for it? Yeah, because I love the, the coming up with the ideas. is probably my favorite part. Mm. Like I'm talking about segments and stuff before or ideas for new podcasts. I remember I thought about Book Cheat, the book show I do, and I was like, oh, that would be a good idea. And also it would make me do the books. Like, And I love that kind of thing, coming up with the idea. When you're in a band and it's not your thing, you don't get any of that feeling. Does that mm. make sense? It still feels good to play this, the music live. And you get a you get the crowd reaction. You go, yeah, they're reacting to the band. But at the end of the day, you do know it's not your stuff. Yeah, like you, you, someone could come in for you quite easily. Exactly, exactly. I could be. I'm just a moving part in like this machine here. I'm very replaceable. The singer and the guitarist probably aren't because they write the songs. Yeah, and they're very, very good. But that's their thing, you know. So it just after I realized, and it took a while. I'm not very good at quitting things. Mm. Sometimes I'll do something like. And I know for, for ages, I'm like, this isn't bringing me joy anymore. But it's like, well, I've put so much time in. I better keep going. Better keep going. And then I always think, oh, what if I regret quitting? What if I regret? And then every time I've ever done that with anything and I've quit, I've always felt, oh, what a relief. I don't have to, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, def- staying something too long is... Yeah, yeah. Like I even do that in school, like when playing tennis. Man, I hated it. The last sort of 18 months of playing, but I was like, well, you know... I just play tennis with my friends on the way. I do this every week and I'm part of a team. But then, like, eventually I was admitted to myself, you hate this. Quit. Man, it felt so good. Again, always just playing with your friends. Always playing yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a social, a social guy. Social yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in relation to that, I guess, uh, when you do your do go, do go on and stuff like that, do yep. you prefer to be the person listing the story or do you like being... Well, that's a good question. We always talk about the three of us at the end how you always feel not as good about it after you've done the report. Basically, because you're in there, the other two people, their job, they don't know even what the topic's going to be when you walk into the room. Their job is just to riff along, have a good time. They've had to do none of the homework over the last week. It's way more fun. So, and at the end of it, you get to it and you feel like that you're, if you're doing the report, that you were like a teacher, sort of like shutting down their fun, being like, all right, guys, I've had a bit, had a bit of fun. I've got to keep telling you about Albert Einstein's childhood, you know? So, it's more fun when you're recording it to be the other role. But I do love the research you part. It sounds like you're putting a lot of caveats in about how fun the other one is, but you kind of like being the person who's. Yeah, well, in at the of time, well. it doesn't feel that great. And also, you're responsible for editing it if you've done the report. Okay, that's not. That's I fun. do not like editing. Never fun. No. But yeah, so I love the research part. And it is sometimes satisfying to be telling the others, and especially if you're telling them a story they've never heard of. And it's like wild and it's got all these twists and turns. And they're like, holy shit. Like that does feel fun that you're sort of being like, well, if you think that's weird, guess what he does next? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I'm just trying to stretch, draw bows here from what you're talking about. Yeah, sure, sure. Being responsible and that sort of thing, you know, kind of like 
George being responsible for <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm try- I was trying to think of if you'd asked me if I uh, related to any characters in the book, but I don't know. I don't know if I... What's that feeling like? As in, <laughs> Funny enough, actually, now that my brain's ticking over as I think about it. But there is actually an element of, like, obviously, George... Uh, he's got responsibility for Lenny. Yes. And he makes a decision for him. That's right. Um, is that... Have you ever felt like you've, you've been responsible for like other people? Because it sounds like you actually don't mind the, that feeling of responsibility in some aspects of what you do. Yeah. In fact, most of your roles seem to, from the project to these podcasts, seem to be you being responsible for then other someone else reacting in a certain way, sort of, you know what yeah. I mean? So is that some aspect which you find in other, I guess, maybe dating or in anything else? You like being the responsible one, I guess is my question. Um, I guess cre- creatively, but then I, like there's stuff like that I'm terrible at, like, you know, day to day. It's almost like I'm, I'm a terrible chef. Like, I can't cook at all to an embarrassing degree that I'm about to turn 30 and I got no chefing skills. That's, that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. So, like, I have no control or responsibility in that in that day-to-day aspect. I guess making a plan to go out, would you be the kind of person that books the tickets or books the restaurant or something? Yeah, like I like, yeah, say if, if you're booking a holiday or something, like I like, I love doing the research. Yeah. Looking up the places, comparing hotels. Yeah, I do like doing that sort of stuff. And planning all that sort of thing while the yeah. other person I guess. chills. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think you'd say that's a control thing. I think that that is just. I didn't say it was control. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, but you did. <laughs> but like, it's not like me being like, I want to be responsible. I think for me, that's more like this. Just it brings you more joy out of the holiday because you only go away for a couple of weeks, but it's in like it's on the horizon for like four months or so. You know, you've booked the time off from work, you've booked all this. That's why I love looking in and comparing places because it's like because you sort of get to live the holiday before you get there. Mm. I like that break. Yeah, because then you get to do your holiday twice, basically. Yeah, that's what yeah. I love about it. And you get to obviously also, if you plan it well, get to see the joy of other people. Yeah, that's fun. right. But also, much like comedy, if it goes badly, it's no good. <laughs> it's no good? Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any examples like that, actually, where it's like something goes bad and someone's getting mad and you're like, hey, I book everything, all right? <laughs> yeah. It is a bit like, yeah, missing a flight before because you've booked the flights too close on the way back home from somewhere, you know? I've had that before and it's kind of bit like, well, and I think that the person I was traveling with was cool about it because they were like, well, he did do everything. So, But I, in that moment, I did feel responsible. I felt terrible. Yeah. You're like, well, I thought, you know, we wouldn't have a two hour delay in Stockholm, but we did. It sounds like you're booking dangerously close. Yeah. 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 That's going to throw you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was no fun. I think I found something there. <laughs> it's responsibility for stuff. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Connections. And also, uh, I, I've, I've seen scenes from Long Day's Journey Tonight, but I don't actually know it very well. I just know about the family and it's about them and drug abuse and stuff like that. Yeah. For, I think the mum. Yes, Mary Tyrone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's her sadness at the end. Uh, it's about the failure of the people around her that she loves or is it for her own failure in the choices that she's made? Um, whoa. It's a bit of both. So basically, um, when she was young and beautiful, she married uh, this very successful up-and-coming actor and like, and for a while that they were so happy together. But then over time, the her husband... He's so into the theatre and the job that he goes away and he leaves her a lot. And uh, his big regret in the play is that he played the same character over and over again. He became famous as one stage character. And um, he just becomes synonymous with that character. And he talks about how he went with the greed of the guaranteed of lots of money coming for that role rather than fulfilling himself artistically. And then, meanwhile, the marriage has broken down and she's been at home a lot and she's become addicted to morphine. 
over the time. But the whole family's been sort of in denial about it for a long time to the point that, yeah, she relapses and they're sort of in denial about it. And that's when she comes down high as a kite for the final scene. She just talks about how her, when she was young, she was so full of hope and that she was happy when she married this man about 40 years ago. Yeah. And that's and it. show those dreams. Yeah, the dreams. Yeah, she had dreams die for such herself. high expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is very different because I was wondering if it was going to be something to do with the connections. In terms of uh, of mice and men, <laughs> yeah, um, you've got the obvious. Uh, you got one character ultra responsible and taking responsibility for the innocence of this other character. Yes. Um. So I can kind of see that. <laughs> I can see that everyone feels that. But if you'd have picked that of all the books you've read, and I'm sure you've had emotional reactions to other ones as well. But uh, I was hoping there'd be some connection with Long Day's Journey, but I'm not seeing that. I think that's a very different... That's more just poetic, poignant, and beautiful. Mm, very like beautiful. The changing of dreams. Too young to really have experienced that kind of failure and Yeah, so I do, I do fear regret. That's something I do fear. That's why I talk about not loving quitting things because I worry, what if I leave? Like, what if I leave this band and then next week they hit it big, they're touring the world, and I've just left when I've put all this time in already. Mm. So I do fear regret a lot. That's something you actually think about. And I have to, yeah, I think I have to battle against that sometimes. And that's why I do those things where I sign up and I say, all right, well, I've told people I'm doing it. I have to do it now because because I, I fear regret from not doing something. And I fear regret of it going wrong, of course. But I think even more than that, I fear getting to the end of it all and being like, oh, wish I'd done more. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. It's a... Product, that's a good way to kind of think though as well. So does that make you actually lift your game? Yeah, for sure. Like I think about that. I'm like, all right, time's ticking. You better keep doing stuff. And I love creating stuff, but also I, I just, I fear, yeah, I do want to think about when I die. I'm like, I don't want to be like, ah, oh, wish, I'd, wish I'd done more. So that motivates me. Oh, that makes it. <laughs> I mean, that totally ties into the ending you just described from Long Day's Journey. Yeah, tonight. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same feeling of regret. And yet, so you fear actually having that own sensation Yourself, even though that's not the book we were doing, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's actually, that's that's hitting you on that connection point. How long have you been in your relationship for? Uh, about a year. I was going to say, relationships are obviously a very common source of regret. I think people yeah, can for sure. both like, yeah, like why they ended or why you were with them or whichever way you want to go yep. with it. Um, is that something you felt in those kind of situations? Uh, I'm also very bad at ending relationships. The quitting thing again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and you love hanging out. So. Yes, but there's been times where I've like I've waited too long. Yeah, yeah. Waited for them to break up with me, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's a that sensation. It's yeah, like, I don't want to. <laughs> if you break up with me, I'll be wrapped, but I'm not going to break up. Yeah, with well, you. yeah. You feel like, it's like they break up with you, and you feel sad, but you also th- afterwards you think, well, that makes sense. That really makes sense. I just didn't want to get it wrong and you know regret breaking up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, again, it, it ties into that thing of not wanting to regret stuff. Okay. It sounds like a. I mean, you've you've channeled that fear into. It sounds like a very proactive sort of attitude. Yeah, yeah. But it's also I, I can. Understand how people would be paralyzed by that, but yeah, try and try and do stuff, and most of the time it works out. Sometimes I do get to the end and go, "My God, I lost some money on that comedy show. I regret that." Oh well, but you know, it's better than everything else. Yeah, yeah that kind for of sure. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the, uh, the other thing I want to say was, if you are trying to try back, try back to of mice and men, what I do think about is, I'm a bit of a dreamer. Like I love, you know, aiming high, wanting to do stuff. You know, there's still time to win an Academy Award. Who knows? I'm not going to say no. But um, and in Of Mice and Men, the whole thing is that George and Lenny, especially for Lenny, they have this big dream, this vision of starting this farm together where they're their own bosses. And Lenny can have as many pet rabbits as he likes. And then basically it's a fable that George says to Lenny to motivate him. And at the end of the 
the book when it all goes to shit, George is upset because he's like, oh, I said that so many times that I was even starting to believe it. And I can totally understand how, yeah. You can repeat a dream so many times that it feels real or... Or that's that you would, again, aim really high and then regret when it doesn't work out. So, it actually ties into the other sort of thing. Same as Long Day's Journey, right? Yeah. The regrets of the lost dreams that you... Yeah, for sure. I like thought you could have had. Hmm. Okay. That's a, that is a very relevant part to it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just thinking, when I was thinking about the plot earlier, I was like, yeah, I think that I can see how their dream is. I certainly am. Well, it sounds like things are going on. Yeah, things are going well. So, I'm not also, I'm also not like, well, it's got to be, it's got to be everything or I'll be upset. Like, I'm, you know, I, I aim for a certain thing and if I get somewhere else on the way and I get lost on a tangent in life, I don't go, oh, it wasn't exactly what I sought out to be. Like, oh, I'm not that rock star that I wanted to be when I was in year eight. But like, you know, still having a good time. So it's not an all or nothing type thing. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. Yeah. It's, like I said, again, healthy attitude towards it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're talking healthy. Also, happy to have my health. You know, you feel for people, feel for people that aren't as lucky. So Yeah, that's something which, yeah. You've got yeah. to think about that sometimes though, right? <laughs> to be like, well. Is that something you've had personal experience with? Like not personal, but like as in someone you know. Uh, well, not super personal, but yeah. And I've got a couple of fen- friends with the sort of yeah chronic conditions and stuff like that. And it gives you it gives you perspective. Perspective that yeah, it's just like it's just a, they have different stuff they have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mentioned it in book cheat before, but one of the books I'm listening to because it's audio book. I'm getting right into it. Um, Atul Gawande. It's uh being mortal. And yeah, it's really, it's maybe it's pointing out how uh, when people get older, they, their attitudes change and like how even what you want in life can vary as the end approaches, like what you find important. Like you're more willing to hang out with new people and new experiences if you think you're going to live forever, like as in if you're young, whatever. But right. as you get closer to the end, all you want to do is hang out with family and friends and close people. You don't really care that much about new things. And they they showed that the same is applies to people, even if you're 20, if you've got a terminal illness, something like that, exactly the same attitude applies. So it's got more to do with your perspective of the time you have left rather than... Right, than your actual age. Yeah, than your actual age. So it's like, it's just interesting. It's like once things become that important, you're only going to be doing things a little bit, all of a sudden, yeah, you go back to, you just want to hang out with friends, you just want to have your favorite meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. Don't I can totally, yeah. I can absolutely see that. Yeah, so I go, yeah. So you hit me there with the health thing because I, I definitely agree. It's something which... I think people don't get that perspective. Yeah, when you're young and healthy, you feel invincible. But You're not. You ain't. I know. <laughs> God. Yeah. 2020 is a good year to be <laughs> <laughs> highlighting that more, eh? Uh, okay. Well, all right, cool. Well, uh, I think that – I think we've kind of meandered around and found some connections. Have you found something? I feel, like, I feel like I've left you unsatisfied. No, actually, I've I, – I feel – I don't know if you – I feel quite satisfied. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were maybe just being like, I don't know, man. I don't get anything about you. No, no, no. <laughs> we got plenty. It's great. You did good. You did very good. Do you feel like you've found any new connections between you and of mice and men? Um, I feel like I've definitely thought about myself more than I have for a, for a long time. So That's good. When you reflect on things and you go, oh, yeah, that is, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully in, in, in all in a positive way, I think. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You started saying nervous there. <laughs> I think so, but uh might be lying in bed tonight being like, huh, I regret saying that. There you go, regret. 
<laughs> oh, well, hopefully not. Okay, you've been a lot of fun though. So thank you very much for being on the show. And also to give another one more plug, book cheat. Um, anything else you want to give a plug? Actually, uh, and do go on. Yeah, yeah. Check check them out. They're on all the pod feeds. And if you want to hear the one we just talked about, the uh, Day of the Locusts. Mm. It was a uh, it was a fun time talking about. Talking about Hollywood in the 30s. It was an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to sanspantsplus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's sanspantsplus.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.